1: Oh shit, look who it is, it's Queenslanders. And aren't they strutting around after their origin win? Now if you're a real Queenslander and you have all that passion, P-A-S-H-U-N, you need to get yourself your very own one-in-a-row t-shirt. New South Wales fans got one back in 2014 and now it's your turn you two-headed cunts. But you only have until Friday, November 27th to pre-order them. So go to thisweekinleague.com and click on shop. To get yours and don't forget if you remember you get 10% off a great Christmas gift for the redneck in your life but you gotta lock it in no later than Friday November 27th or you fucking miss out forever wanna get these out for Christmas gotta lock them off then thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop do it this week in league after saying no to drugs at Penrith and Cronulla the Gold Coast finally claimed Michael Gordon's soul
0: Jared Hayne found guilty of the most serious crime a man could commit, singing along to Ed Sheeran songs.
1: History's made as we unearth the only honest NRL agent. Plus, we look at all the news and
0: points of interest from this week in the 2020 NRL season.
1: All that and more, this week in Leeds. Welcome to episode 378 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm sorry to break it, but there's not really that many fucking points of interest this week. So it's going to be quick. (laughs) Look,
0: I'll tell you what, get this first one out of the way then. What's that? I need to give a shout out to a brand new listener. Okay. Who uh, is coming over to the light side. Of rugby league from where from the, uh, the murky murky world of uh, rugby union so oh. well welcome young oscar now turn the show off and never listen ever again <laughs> you've got your shout out take it
1: and go <laughs> <laughs> how long how long do you have to keep it clean here now done. It's off. Are, you, are you are you in charge of the uh, the the play button here? No, no. Delete, delete. That's it. <laughs> Welcome, young man. Uh, enjoy rugby league. You can listen to the next episode in ten years. Exactly. At least I don't even know how old he is, but no, that's probably not. <laughs>
0: and we've got a player agent for you. If you good.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this week is uh, going to be somewhat somewhat of an express episode. Obviously, we're uh, quite removed from actual rugby league being played at the moment. Uh, we are in the end of the season and uh, basically killing to... Not killing time, but I guess, you know, filling in time um, before the Twillies at the end of next week. So um, this week we have a bit of a special one where we uh, had a sit-down and, and a conversation with a mate of ours uh, who is a recently become an NRL accredited player agency uh, agent set up his agency and uh yeah so we uh asked you guys for questions and um he sort of went through and vetted them a little bit as well and just uh you know we went through and removed the ones that were just outright gronk shit and uh plus had a bunch of our own and just uh had a good conversation about you know where he's where he's coming from as an agent why and, you know, and a lot of really interesting information about the behind the scenes workings and, the, you know, rules they're subject to and stuff like that. So we've got that coming up later on. Um, news this week. It's kind of like, I want, to, I want to steer away from news about court shit. And unfortunately at the moment, the three biggest stories of the week probably. A Jared Jared Hayne biting that chick on the pussy. Oscar, you stopped listening, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got Jared Hayne biting the chick on the pussy. We got you know the ongoing the ongoing trial of you know of uh, fucking JDB raping chicks, raping that chick, and then um, fucking what was the other one? Oh yeah, Michael Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Uh, he's oh, uh, he, a yeah. well. I mean, like we should have known. I mean, he's down the fucking Gold Coast for Christ's sake. I mean, he's literally the number one post-playing career apart from selling Amway. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he doesn't have autistic kids. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so news-wise, I mean, like this, this you know, minor sort of transfer, this and that, doesn't interest me as much because it's all speculation, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like, there's, um, yeah, Aloye thing has gone very quiet. So I'd say there's been conversations had there, just to, and I, you know, I guess you'll either you'll settle down and you'll have a. A good twenty twenty one, and do what he's going to do at the conclusion of that year. See um, what if
0: there had to be a theme of this week mm-hmm. and the news articles? Yep, it would be motherfucking hypocrisy.
1: Yeah, two counts, two counts,
0: and we'll start with my favorite fucking topic: is the clickbait NRL media.
1: Yeah, which one in particular? All of them, yep. fucking
0: all. And by which, that which, I mean which, Fox story, which and,
1: story are you talking about in particular? Uh, so there was a fight that broke out oh my god yes I at, fucking forgot about this
0: at an indigenous carnival yep or a, a carnival probably for indigenous players and
1: it's kind of like a, it's, it's kind of like the, the COVID era version of like the, the knockout mm.
0: and and there was a rather large brawl during the final mm-hmm. and of course it was run um, as you know a horrible, horrible brawl Community rugby league, and um, horrified to see
1: sickening ice hockey style fight. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, disgraceful actions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the these sorts of descriptive words. Cast your mind back to Origin, and as soon as punches were thrown, oh, the Biff's back! Mm-hmm. Origin legend lives on. Yeah, spirit of Origin is alive. Yeah. The actual fuck. I
1: mean, it, the fact that, that mean, they not publish fucking things like that. Themselves. Yeah, the, the the way they can do that without having any sort of, you know, self-reflection. And
0: I know, if anyone called them on that or, or tried anything, it would be very fucking easy for them to say, well, you know what, we, we published that thing about how great the BIF was, and then... We had to reflect on ourselves, and so we then now decided that fighting is bad, which is why we published that article.
1: Yeah.
0: Fucking hell, it's absolute fucking garbage. Absolute fucking garbage. Second instance of it is uh, the West Tigers organization, who a couple of weeks ago, now we're talking about how Melbourne were being stubborn and not doing what's in the best interest of the players by not granting releases to players when they wanted to get out of the final year of the contract. Yes. This is obviously when Josh Adokar had interest in leaving Melbourne and joining the Tigers as a fullback. And and Melbourne were, were putting, uh, you know, the, the club's interest ahead of the well-being of the players. There was that fucking talk about well-being because everyone's so concerned about the players' well-being until somebody says I'm never wearing a fucking jersey again <laughs> and wants to go and play somewhere else. And then it is, we will never be releasing this player. We'll
1: he not has be the contract. doormat.
0: He is a contract with us. We will consider that contract um, able to be fulfilled. We will hold him to that contract. So again, like you you are dead set of fucking you know, Have some fucking self-awareness. And you know what? I would respect these clubs more if they came out and said, this move is not advantageous to our club, so we're not making it. Fucking say it. Because you know what? All of your fan base would go, fucking good on you. Well done. And pretty much everyone else around would be like, oh, you know that Justin Pascoe guy's an absolute fucking cunt hair, but can't fault what he said. So there's your two fucking rants of the week. Absolute fucking
1: hypocrisy at it its best. Get the fucking thing. <laughs> and now, tragic news. and I mean, these things, you know, they, they happen every now and then in various sports, but I can't really recall the last sort of situation where this has happened in, uh, in rugby league where um, a 20-year-old manly player, Keith Titmus died after a 90-minute training session on Monday. So he... Um, he became ill during the training session at Narabeen. Was taken from by ambulance from the training centre to the Northern Beaches Hospital, and then transferred to Royal North Shore, where he passed away. And uh, this was his first year in the top thirty squad. Um, I'll always remember. I mean, he's pro- provided me with one of my my great great memories in what was it twenty seventeen when he was playing in the um in the twenty side, and I'll I'll never forget we were at the Twill Meetup at the Edinburgh Castle and it was Manly versus Parramatta and Timmy McIntyre about halfway through the game or three quarters of the way through the game just disappears, goes into the bathroom, Parramatta fan, goes into the bathroom, comes back out and his Hawaiian shirt was gone and he was wearing a Parramatta jersey. And so it gets to the end of the game. Manly score literally on the final siren under the post with a goal kick to win it. And without a word... He's, I turn around to start gronking off to him and without a word he just uh, he stands up just goes into the bathroom comes back out in the Hawaiian shirt again Paramount of he's gone and uh, the winning try in that game was scored by Keith Titmuss. and then he won the, the player the, the Player of the year last year for the um, for the kids team. this was his first year in the in the thir- in the top 30 squad and uh, you know was looking very likely to be uh, making his first grade debut this year. But, uh, yeah, fucking, it's crazy when you see people, you know, presumably in the peak of physical fitness, athletes, just fucking, you know, and and there's just something going on from what I understand from the, you know, the inside-ish is that, you know, he had some sort of situation with his kidneys and, you know, fucking crazy. And a promising player has been lost to his family first and foremost but enter uh, the game.
0: I can't say anything here because you know exactly what I want to say.
1: You want to say that he went to extreme measures to get away from Daily Cherry Evans. That's what, no. you, that's what you want to say.
0: No, I was going to put it more eloquently and say it's fucking irresponsible that the hospital let him have his phone. Who's obviously gotten a text message that says, "Don't worry, no more actual work for you today. When you get back, we'll put you on a week of fucking mentoring sessions with Daly Cherry Evans." Yeah, I would not be so fucking obtuse as to just say
1: that. you are taking you are taking uh, Cleary's absolute decimation by Daly in the in the state of origin series this year very poorly, and uh, and saying and it, and it's making you say unforgivably. Uh, Terrible, terrible fucking things.
0: No. I've had this opinion of Dale Cherry Evans much longer than this State of Origin (laughs) series. And I'm firm in the belief that people, even if they don't mean to, would die as a form of defense. It's like when the body passes out when you're being choked. It goes to extreme measures to get away from being in a room with that one next socially.
1: Tragic as it is. Oh, I need. Um, I need to get him uh, in for an episode, please. And, and and see if see if and and I'll just put I'll just leave a fucking belt on the table in front of you, exactly. And, and, see, and see what's and see how extreme your body <laughs> wants to get wants to go. We have a
0: competition, and just see we'll just start start talking and see who could keep their sentence going the longest.
1: <laughs> that would be uh, that would be highly entertaining for me. <laughs> And but, a
0: fucking
1: nine-hour episode. And yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't even press record because why subject anybody else to that? <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, rest in peace, young man, and uh, condolences to the family. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fucking it's terrible to see young, you know, presumably peak fitness athletic, athletic people, you know, just suddenly fucking drop like that. And, um, you know, I'm glad it doesn't happen all the time because it's, it's, it's fucking tragic like it really is and I mean in, like imagine a family like you go you know a young guy like that you know he goes off to training in the morning mm. and you know there's the, the last possible fucking thing you're thinking like great he's putting in you know big leagues this year the yep. last furthest fucking possible thing from your mind yeah would be that that's it which that's makes it just like that much more shocking I mean especially to those close to him like Fucking hell! I mean, even the, like the you know the staff and the players and everything. You just trained with the guy, yes. And he's like, and he's complains like he has a cramp or something after you know after training, he has a cramp, and then the next thing you know, he's fucking, he's dead. Again, in, in my circle, there was a, a young lady, the the sister
0: of one of my good friends' wife was in Sweden. Mm-hmm. I, they they've got a a sport over there called floorball. Okay. Which I believe is like field hockey, mm-hmm. equipment-wise, but it's played in an indoor. Accident. Okay. Like that's their fucking
1: big thing. The Swedes right. fucking high. right. Like saunas. Ikea. Maybe Ikea um, build the rackets or the sticks that they use. She she was on the national team. Okay. Um, I don't know what other nations they would play,
0: presumably Finland.
1: Yeah. Denmark, very strong in floorball. Are they? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Let me. So well, you we thought I'm going to Google it because I'm fascinated now what this fucking sport could even be. Oh, dear. Ah. Okay, yeah. So, this, uh, yeah. Okay, hockey with five players and a goalkeeper in each team indoors. Yeah. Right. Right. Sticks. Um, yeah, right. Turn, turned up for
0: training. Did the warm up. Dropped. Just fucking dropped was in a coma for ages and, and thankfully lived. Yeah. But same thing, just someone so young. and it, it just goes to show these things were always humbling. You start to think of modern medicine as this infallible thing and we you know mm-hmm. so much and doctors are so smart and they have all of these tests and machines and computers. The, the human is a potentially fragile object but we're fucking squishy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I'm... Gonna you know, try and make this a reminder to just have a little bit more wonder at what these people put their body through every week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even when you're not talking about them dying, that that thing that I've tried to remember constantly for the last couple of years of just, you know, how how good is your decision making under fatigue? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they're under a level of fatigue that quite literally could potentially kill. Them. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, uh, m- maybe that's the way to, to show some respect to this young man. I'm really trying to remember that, that if they really do push the limits of what a human body can do. They really are elite performers. Well said. Also, fucked Ali Cherry.
1: The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wished for gift of the year, Manscaped. The best in men's below and above the belt grooming, Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Just in time to be ordered for Christmas for yourself or your loved one who um who's. Balls are either too hairy for you to fucking deal with or their nose hairs are just embarrassing you in front of, uh, you know, friends and family. Um, it's a season to perform and the performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the perfect gift. Imagine, we've, we've had this feeling before, imagine opening the, 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 the box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought after gadgets and scents a person could find. We've got the new Weed Whacker in there, the ear and nose hair trimmer, waterproof, and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system, which is a lot of uh, a lot of technology for your nose hair, but I guess it just does an extra fucking great job. It has a lawnmower 3.0. Tons of listeners have already bought this uh, th- this trimmer. If you haven't, now is the best opportunity to get on on board for it. Uh, we've spoken ad nauseum about how uh, how, how, how amazing it is Well, for your balls, but in your case, your entire fucking body. Plus it has the the crop preserver, ball deodorant, the crop reviver, ball toner. And the boxes in the shed travel game. Travel bag. And those boxes, they're fucking super comfortable, man. That was um like they were they were like just an ancillary item thrown in there in the in the performance package that we originally got. But they're actually comfortable as hell.
0: It was the revelation of the 2020 Manscaped box, those boxes. (laughs) Think about this though. How can you not just want to unspeakably improve somebody else's life? It's called manscaping, but it really should be called everyone's happiness because there is not one person on this planet that this gift does not help. We live in the age of COVID, and Australia's almost out of it. Do you know what fucking stray nose hairs do? Do you know? They fucking twist around, they bend in odd angles, and they tickle the fucking inside of your nostril. Can you imagine being out in public and having one of those fuckers there talking to people, it's tickling you, wrinkling your nose up, you look like you're going to sneeze, you're constantly rubbing your fucking nose. People are going to think you've got a fucking virus. Get somebody the fucking weed whacker
1: to get that shit out of there and let them live a normal life where they're not a social problem. But the other thing as well, I mean, with the weed whacker, with the nose hairs, I mean we're coming up, it's it's we're on the knocking on the doorstep of December. It's the fucking advent of bender season. <laughs> and you know what nose hairs do? <laughs> Can you imagine getting a fucking snowblower and trying to shoot it through a fucking jungle? Fucking that's been that's never been touched by man. You know what's going to happen? Fucking snow all over the trees. Not a lot's coming out the other side of the jungle. It's exactly. all the
0: same. So there you go. Congratulations, Billy. I've just improved the value of your Christmas party. <laughs> Spend three fifty, get three fifty. Exactly. And like I said, for Father's Day. You should be getting the fucking lawnmower, your dads, your brothers, your uncles, your cousins, everybody, everybody. Here's something to fucking freak you out. Next time you look at one of your loved ones, have a look at their beard or their hair and then imagine, really like, you don't have to imagine, that same thickness and consistency is going to be down. In their fucking
1: dacks. So imagine that. Yeah, imagine that thickness and consistency down your mother's throat.
0: Exactly. And you know what? All you smart cunts out there going, "My dad's fucking bald." That's fucking worse. That means that down in his fucking pants, there's what could be described as a pubic tundra—just sparse expanses of fucking desolate landscape, populated by the odd protrusions of shrubbery. And
1: no doubt, not to mention also wanting to fall out like no doubt much more unprompted. Exactly, and your poor mother,
0: when she goes down there to fucking give him his birthday gobbly, has to fucking pretend she's thinking, you know, thinking of fucking Chris Hemsworth or you know, someone else. So I guarantee you, she's got her fucking eyes closed. At l- she's not ready. Exactly. At least let her continue the fantasy, because I guarantee you, Hemsworth is smooth as
1: fucking. Fucking like a baby's butt. Exactly. <laughs> so the performance package, the best value Manscaped has to offer, hot off the shelves, and thanks to Manscaped, you get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Twillnation at manscaped.com. Do you do a secret Santa for your family? Get one of these. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Get one of these the envy of the secret santa circle exactly everyone's opening up their presents and someone gets a fucking pack of socks exactly someone gets so some generic shit, like a bottle of wine or whatever generic fucking shit see we we
0: do a non-person specific secret Santa. you know that one has that where you can, so everyone buys a gift you put it in the middle draw yeah. names out of a hat for the order
1: Oh, okay, and you, and you just sort of pick one you like. <coughs> that's it. So
0: the first the person box? has got to pick a gift and unwrap it. The second person, they can either choose yep. to unwrap one or they can take the gift the first person got. Oh. And then if someone takes your gift.
1: That is like a, a competitive slash cunty angle to it
0: all. So you then, if someone takes your gift, you've got to pick another one out of the middle or, or right. you can steal another one. can't steal the same one. Back. Right, right.
1: I've, I've, I've not heard of anyone doing that. It's fantastic. I mean, that's why yeah, they recommend it. Yeah, that's not bad.
0: And yeah, ladies, not bad. you can also then joke to your fucking partner, oh, you should, you should grab that uh, manscaping thing there, oh, oh, even though you've bought it yourself. Guilt free.
1: <laughs> so that address again, Manscaped.com, 20% off, plus free shipping with the code twillnation Banging in there, all capitals, What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. agent but a great friend of the show wouldn't go so far as to say oh gee but you've been around for several several years and and like a lot of people that have been around the the shows and the meetups i mean you know you have your stories in the of, uh, <laughs> you, you've, you've entered into, into the, the the halls of legend that we might go into but um michael michael redpath from strive player agency recently set up and uh, I remember when we were doing the questions, like, you're a pretty heavy contri- contributor to, like, the, to the member-side questions every week. And I remember when you sort of uh, gave me the heads-up, you know, probably, what, a couple months ago now, and you're like, look, I just don't say anything, but I'm, I'm going to be sitting a test. I've been through the, you know, the, the, the rigmarole for the player-agent uh, accreditation for the NRL, and I'm sitting the, the final thing this week. So, you know, if that all goes well, then here we are. It all went well, Strive Player Agency set up, first things, uh, just give us a bit of your background, I guess outside of, you know, and leading up to the whole player-agent
2: situation. Well, first things first, some listeners will know me as Life is a Friday, um, but I'm not so much on Twitter anymore, but um, yeah, obviously my is Michael, um, I am a lawyer by trade, uh, and since a young kid I've loved the NRL and I've always wanted to contribute in some way. I never really wanted to help the clubs though. So I've always been more about someone that wants to help the players. As, you know, as a lawyer, I have my own clients, for instance. So I thought uh, becoming an agent would be the perfect way to help the players. And given my legal background, I know how to advocate. I know about contracts. I know about negotiations. I thought it would be the perfect way to really step in and uh, make a positive and influential change to really a whole sphere that's um, got a bit of a stigma against it, to be honest. <laughs>
1: It does, it does, which is why we jumped at the opportunity to actually have someone that we know jump into the fray. And uh, I guess, well, I mean, you've jumped through all the hoops now and become an accredited player agent. So what are you you bringing to the party that isn't sort of already been serviced or or that differs from some of these guys that have been involved for, you know, decades and like super established, almost brand, you know, brand, you know, name value people that you, you hear about in the paper all the time.
2: Well, I think I'm a lot younger than a lot of agents, so I think I connect connect with people on that level. Um, I'm also, I think, I'm the only lawyer that's an agent as well, so I can provide legal services, uh, no additional costs, whereas other people have to pay external lawyers to look over things for them and to kind of negotiate deals. Uh, I also, I think, I'm the only one that's located in Canberra as well, which is crazy because I think there's about a hundred or so agents, but they're all flooded in uh, New Zealand, Queensland and New South Wales. So yeah. given the current nursery in Canberra and how that they, they all have to be, I guess, lack of a better word, serviced by agents uh, interstate, I thought that that would be my yeah real point of difference. However, at this early stage, I haven't actually signed anyone in Canberra. They've all been uh, interstate and overseas. Well, that's news, uh, of course, for celebration, I, I should say. So you're
0: already up and running... With clients on your books, acting yeah. on their behalf.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, I thought you know, obviously getting the first one was the hardest one. However, now I've got a pretty, pretty good nursery and including a few people from Fiji. I've got a bit of a Fijian connection going, which is uh, yeah. I was
1: I was looking at it like it was like it's, it's the last two guys. You, is it pretty? Is the last two you've signed it from Fiji? I mean, I know there's two guys I saw on your Facebook page.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, one of them is a Fiji seven star, and um, you know that Fiji seven's team is bloody good. Like Jared Hain couple of years ago tried to get on it and they told him to piss yeah. off so yeah yeah pretty, pretty high standard um he's actually been offered a contract for the manly feeder team uh to uh just spoke with um matt ballon actually and he's yeah offered him a contract and we said if he's half decent he can play on the wing in first grade so that'd be exciting
1: that's that that's absolutely true because i mean half decent is literally better than what <laughs> better than what manly have at the moment yeah. <laughs> yeah, had quite, you, had, so how the Fiji thing come in? Because, I mean, you had a couple of Fijian guys, and I noticed you also had a, a, a lad who's like who represented, was it Chile?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, the first one, uh, he, the guy that represented Chile, he was actually found because I did some strategic advertising in Sydney just saying, you know, talented rugby league players that want a manager. Um, and he actually didn't sign me straight away. However, he got me on to other people, and then he led to me signing three other players immediately yep. who were keen and basically everyone that's talented ha- already has a manager. Right. Um, however, I've got lots of people that were disgruntled and they didn't enjoy the time of their previous manager because their manager wouldn't talk to them. They wouldn't pay yep. them any attention. So I'm getting lots of people on their second wave of management. Basically. Sure. So and I mean,
1: the selling, the selling point there is obviously because you have a small roster at the moment, the, the personal you know, attention and everything like that is, is obviously much greater. Mm.
2: That's exactly right. Um, I mean, one of the ones I met up with today said I've, he's spoken to me more in a month than he spoke to his last agent in a year. So
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um,
0: so can you just walk us through from, from you saying, you know, geez, player agent would be somewhere that I can have some positive impact on the game to, to being allowed to then go and sign players. Walk us
2: through that journey. So, How, how you got there. You have to apply uh, to become an agent, which includes doing a business plan and going through a background check and things like that. Um, from there, they say, yeah, that's fine. They get you along to the uh, orientation day. Um, there were some pretty great people at my orientation day. Like there was um, former Australian of the Year, uh, Mr. Lattimore. Um, there was <laughs> several other players. Uh, Matt Rogers was in it. Um, Phil Gould. Matt Gordon.
1: Rogers would have been there trying to sell trying to sell Amway to everyone.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Probably, but that was a bit, bit lame because over Zoom because of COVID. But, um, right. yeah, great people there. And then from there, you there's a test and you have to get 80%. Uh, it wasn't very hard. It was just a long comprehension exercise. And, you know, most people scored in the high 90s. So, yeah, yeah you, you really have to try to fuck that one up. Yeah. Um, so
0: just to, to go back on that again, and just the reason I'm asking these questions is to try and give people an idea of of what these other agents, you know, who have turned out to be in some cases, you know, less than uh, honourable, Yep. What they've actually had to do. So, when you yep. say people are all scoring in the high nineties, like what what sort of exam was this?
2: <laughs> uh, so, just uh, kind of situational questions. There's questions about the rules, but you had the rules in front of you, so yeah, you just you know, if you, so you got an open book exam. Yeah, if yeah. you were control F, you could uh, really <laughs> find the words you needed and coach them there. <laughs> um,
1: so what uh, you're f- saying the bar is incredibly high?
2: No, not at all. But the thing is, uh, where lots of agents get in trouble is because you're not allowed to approach someone if they already have an agent. Yeah. And lots of them try and poach one, it, one another's agents. Um, there's yeah. also a rule that I didn't know about, which makes things hard, is that you can't actually approach someone until you've checked with the RLPA that they don't have a manager. Which means if you've gone and do some scouting, you're like, that's great. Say I've travelled interstate, then I'll have to, in the interim, hope that the ROPA gets back to me. Otherwise, you know, I can't approach said player straight away.
1: You can't sort of strike, you can't strike like right then and there as the, you know, catch them as they're walking off the field or whatever.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. So you can't just be weird and wait for them by their car or something. So yeah. <laughs> and then probably for the best, but it makes yeah. it harder. That's a good point.
0: So that, that's a, a potentially sticky situation that you find yourself in. It obviously makes your job very, very hard. Yeah. Is that's... there a channel feeding back to the governing body where people can say things like that, that, you know, th- th- this is untenable? We, we, need, we need something to change or, or we need the ability to do something. Um, otherwise, essentially, the people that are stuck with these, fu- the people that are with these, these fuckhead managers will be stuck with them forever.
2: Yeah, so there's things in the uh, termination clauses say so if um, based on certain breaches. The breaches are if your agent firstly doesn't get back to you within a certain amount of time, and you ask them to. If you ask them to change something and they don't change it within ten business days. Yep. Um, if if you don't like how they're approaching you, or if they say they've approached a club on your behalf without your permission, um, then that's also a breach, and that you can terminate because of that. There's a bunch of different ways to terminate. The most common one is that the guy the the player says, look, I'm sick of you. Get out of my life. And then the agent says, sure, see you later. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But the thing about terminating with an agent, though, if they've organized a deal for you for four years and you're on the second year of that deal, even if you terminate, they're getting paid for the whole thing. So at the end of the day, the agent's like, well, all right, I'll get the money and not do anything.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that was something that came up with, uh, with uh, David Fafita when uh, they were the, the saying that you know, with the Titans, he was trying to negotiate a one-year deal. So that he could uh, then terminate, the, you know, he was terminating the agent at the end of that one-year deal when the when their their, their term exp expired, and yeah, then he okay. then sign a new one, you know, you know self representing or with a new manager that he yep. wasn't at odds with or whatever.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, at least there was a lot of money in that one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <true>. that's
1: right.
0: <laughs> okay, so you've you've done up your business plan, which hopefully wasn't done in crayon.
2: <laughs> uh, Microsoft Paint. It was a yeah,
0: good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you've set your exam that was open book. Um, you know that you can't poach from other agents. Where to from there?
2: Well, usually you go to the NRL schoolboy um, carnivals and you're given a tag, the agent tag. Players that don't have an agent kind of flock to you. you make, uh, And then you go from there. However, with COVID, uh, the schoolboys was all behind closed doors and televised. Yep. So that made it very difficult. That was my first hurdle. Um, yeah, I basically had to rely on some advertising and word of mouth initially. And then I was very fortunate that um, one of my players from Fiji uh, reached out. And um, once again, he had word of mouth and he had a bunch of people that were interested. And, yeah, from there, it's just kind of word of mouth. And everyone's like, I've had a good experience with this manager. Let's, let's, you should go talk to him yourself because yeah. more often than not, you hear about bad experiences with managers. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Any positive one's great, and it's the best form of marketing, obviously, word of mouth. Exactly. So, um, yeah, and answer to your question, the, the first one was difficult, and I sat there for about a month without anyone just kind of <laughs> thinking about how I was going to do things or whether I was going to have to wait for, until I could physically go to games and things like that. But then a few opportunities came my way, and I was happy with that. Beautiful. There's also the rule where you can't uh, approach anyone under the age of 18 unless a parent's around. Um, I think that's a great rule. I'm sure you guys with kids uh, would like, wouldn't like that rule too. Um, but you can approach them if they're with their coach and basically you, you ask their coach and you get the business card and you say, can you ask that kid and his parents to contact me? You yep. yeah, can't really go about enforcing that or trying to yep. follow that up. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm look, looking forward to attending those types of days because it's much easier to meet someone in person than uh, to have them call you after an ad, or call you because their friend said you were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Another thing I wasn't told about at all is that uh, yeah, basically every single NRL player has an agent, and every single player, but you know, that's up and coming that people think are going to play in the NRL has an agent. So when you, at the start, when you said it was saturated, uh, it is quite saturated. However, mm-hmm. you, there are opportunities there if you, you work hard and yeah.
1: With that, with the, the test and 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 yeah, you know, the apparently sort of easy nature of it, out of that that intake group, is it like it would be? Is it like close to one hundred percent of those guys? What's the after after you've passed the test? Is there is there any further hurdle to jump, or it's just like you you've you've passed the the requirements to become accredited, and then you have to just what pay a fee, and then you're then you're away, or?
2: Yeah, you pay a fee, you get your professional indemnity insurance, which yep. is mandatory, and you're away. Um, the email said that nearly all of you passed. So yeah. there, there would have been a couple of people that didn't. So yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, could have done, I could have done the process of elimination of the bulk email as to who was no longer on the list, but uh, I decided against it. they didn't even see that.
1: BCC. <laughs> Oh,
2: Jesus Christ. <laughs> see,
0: just in that oh. one anecdote, you have summed up exactly what I think of the governing body how <laughs> they fucking offer it. Yeah. Jesus Christ oh god okay so in that class you had of those hundred odd guys are they all like you and starting their own venture or do you do they need to become accredited so they can work in you know Isaac Moses' fucking sweatshop
2: <laughs> yeah well lots of them actually were going to different agencies and I uh, I thought about reaching out to an agency however as I'm sure Nate can I appreciate the idea of working for myself just sounded great. Um, you know, I already work for the man uh, as a lawyer, which is fine, because you know, I haven't been a lawyer for that long and I, I need a bit of supervision. But I mean, one day I want to be a barrister so I can once again be my own boss. So the fact, when I was going into the agency thing, I didn't really want to work under anyone. I didn't really feel like I needed to learn the ropes too much. I, and I could reach out and call. Uh, there's a few guys that are senior in the players' agents that kind of run it. Uh, as a kind of corporate body, so I could reach out to them if I had any questions. So lots of people chose to go the route of having an established business. There's no start-up costs. They can get a free business card and go trade off the goodwill of another business. But, yeah, I just thought I'd, um, you know, gamble on myself, and so far it's working out. Yeah, fantastic.
1: All right, so do you want to to hit into uh, into some of these listener questions? Basically, we put it out there in the facebook group that you know we're going to have this agent you know so if you've got any questions any burning questions you know we we'll, we'll vet them because i mean typically anything that any any call for questions that that, that go out to the listeners of the show i mean there's a, you, there's going to be like a 20% minimum you know gronk, gronk sort of you know noise factor that you need to filter out but yeah. uh but got, got a couple of good ones and they do kind of uh i mean they, they, they do kind of uh, speak to some of the things we've already, already uh, spoken about, but um, <clears throat> I guess we can just uh, elaborate on them a little bit more. Um, Andy said, uh, did you do some training or lead-up work around the game to put yourself into a position to pursue this career path? Well, I mean, we know how your, your, your day job provides you with, you know, some unique skills that not, not every other agent has, or maybe few agents have, but uh, did, what did you do around the game itself?
2: So I mainly wanted to look at the various levels of competitions and the pathways for a prospective player from the day they turned 15 to making it in the NRL and what that would look like. Uh, So as in, like, you know, you've got, say, your Andrew Johns Cup for 16s, you've got your SG ball, you've got something you're in Jersey flag, which is under 20s or now under 21s. Then there's a couple of semi-pro competitions, like the Sydney Shield and Ron Massey, then all, you know, Canterbury Cup and then obviously the NRL. I wanted to learn about the various steps. So say if I got someone that called me up and say you know, they're in the under-18s, well, the next step would be under-20s. If they're in the under-20s, the next step would be looking for Canterbury Cup or one of the other um, semi-pro type of ones. So I really wanted to be able to give first-hand advice on the process because, um, you know, I was, I was no talented player going through there myself. So I really need to learn those things that players know like the back of their hand because they've got this map set out for themselves already. So yep. I wanted to be yep. able to be well-versed in the, the next steps get leading to their goal because i mean if you if you're someone like kalen palmer then you go from 18 to playing in nrl and yeah life is grand for you but that's not the case for yeah. everyone or nearly anyone
1: sure um just trying this so, i mean it's been great i mean a lot of these questions have been actually nathan asked um about how you go about signing a player to you as a, as a new agent do you target mid, mid-tier lower level guys and he said it looks like there's a lot of big names in the industry who are happy to be cunts for their players that get a lot of the big names and sure. I guess, you
2: know, I've an answered that, but I will add yeah. to that is that lots of kids, they go, oh, well, I'd love to have the same manager as Cameron Smith. Sure. And that same manager is happy to have as many kids on his roster as possible because it's guess yeah. like, if you have 100 kids, it's like throwing darts. Some of them, yeah. them some of them won't. Um, yeah. But then that, that comes with the territory of, oh, you're not actually making them any money, so they're not going to pay you much to any attention. Sure. So they think it's great to sign with the big names to begin with, but then they realise that, you know, oh, well, it wasn't what I thought it was and I never hear from them. So that's why, as I said, I've signed a couple of people who are kind of in that boat who are attracted by the bigger agencies, and now they've, yeah, they like having the small, you know, small yeah. fish working for them because, yeah, I'm out there beckoning call. Sure.
1: Uh, Matthew asks... All the news articles are about players strong-arming clubs regarding contracts. Is there anything from the club side that doesn't get reported, i.e. tactics or measures that clubs take to encourage a player to sign or leave?
2: Well, it's, you guys know as well as me that clubs do stuff like they tell you that, oh, you're going to play Reggie's for the rest of your contract. You may as well get out of here. But if you play Reggie's and you tr- do stick it out, then your stock's going to diminish. Mm-hmm. So it's probably in everyone's best interest if we part ways now. Uh, I understand why clubs do that because you see managers that have seven or eight players in the one team, strong-arming clubs. So, yep. kind of from a commercial standpoint, it has to go a bit of both ways. Uh, but yeah, there's just the t- they just try and undersell your value to you and undersell your value to the club and other clubs, basically.
1: Yeah, mm. and I mean it seems like something that's that's really raising its head, like the last sort of. Two years where you are getting like the situations like you know Moses who had half a dozen players in the Broncos side or more, and that that becoming something that's actually like a tool and power that can that can be wielded.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's I think it's fine for the clubs to have a bit of power themselves, given that cool. the way that guaranteed money is in the league. So trying to yeah. get people off who are stealing a living, they're on lots of money. I don't really blame them, to be honest. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do you make of that situation with um with the Tigers at the moment with uh with a lawyer so you know, suddenly well so the the way the story goes is that he was super happy sort of waiting on, you know, banking on an extension. They you know, they, they must have they, they didn't lapse or anything, but they weren't as quick as they as they were going to be. So now he's decided that he's obviously got an offer somewhere else that can be extended to next year as well if he can get a breakaway. Um, and, then, you know, and and doing this thing through the media where it's like, I'm never going to play that. I'm never. I'm never wearing that jersey again. BFA yeah, fuck yourself.
2: <laughs> I feel that. Ah,
0: uh, yeah. It, but then also, not not to forget, just to add to that, in terms of player agents, there was Fenua Blake and Manley. Uh, yeah. Who needed a compassionate release because he got involved with the wrong sort of crowd. So his manager successfully negotiated a release for him to go off and join the Warriors.
1: For more money.
0: But has then also got the guy
2: who's going to Manly to replace him.
1: So it's (laughs) the same
2: player agent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the conflict of interest is uh, probably a bit apparent there. And, uh, yeah, I think with with LA, it's interesting how your kind of mood could go from one week, I can't wait to build up from last season to I need to get the fuck out of here. Um, yep. It really makes you wonder what happened behind the scenes. However, I think if he keeps rocking up to training and doing everything that's required of him in his contract, they have to keep paying him. So that's right. If they want to if they want to get rid of him off the books, and I'm sure they could find a way. I mean, parties can terminate a contract by both agreeing for it to terminate. Yep. Parties have to be stuck in a commercial deal that doesn't make sense for either of them. So I think that's the way it's going to go. If it is, um, and if there's no suitors, I imagine he's just going to rock up to training and bite the bullet.
1: Yep. It's all quieting down a little bit over the last week, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, it really so, has. I was wondering what the next saga was, but yeah,
1: yeah. Um, okay, Toto said, um, "What sort of, what type of clauses would you suggest players put in their contracts?" Uh, and then he's got some things here like longevity, uh, change of coach, player options, etc.
2: Well, I guess as the name suggests, you always want something that's called player option because. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to take the Broncos as an example, you've got Milford, uh, Jack Birdie just left, but you've got, you know, Andrew McCulloch, they've all definitely taken their player option because it's worth a lot more than they're worth. Yeah. So, if it was was actually a team option, the team wouldn't have exercised any of those options and might not have retained any of those players, and they probably will play for the Tigers in 2021. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anything that said player option and anything in your favour, that's usually the way to go. Um, the change of coach one's are strange because these days, if you you play for a side with America round of coaches, then what's that going to mean?
1: Yeah,
2: as if like there's no one player that's really loyal to one coach like Darius and uh, Bennett anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. And now Darius is gone. So and Bennett didn't take him with him last time. So yeah. you know, <laughs> the end of a beautiful relationship.
2: Maybe the Clearies will do that in the future,
1: but who knows? Maybe. So Maybe. I mean, there's sort of like a fake son relationship there, though, really. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. They're definitely related. So you mentioned that you're a little bit younger, um, so you relate to, to players on that level. Is it in your wheelhouse to sit down with somebody and tell them to pull their fucking head in? Like if, for example, they're a winger and all of a sudden decide that they're a fullback just because they want to be?
2: Well, who who drums that narrative? Was it the player or was it the agent trying to get them more money? Uh, you know, I'm sure that you could get inside your player's head saying, no, look, if you follow what I'm going to say, then I'll get you more money. And the player goes, you beauty, I'm a fullback now. Uh, yeah, look, that is a good point. However, as a lawyer, I have told people much older than me to pull their fucking head in and shut their mouth and do things like that. So um, they're not uh, obviously big footy players or anything who I'm saying this to, but... I think they respect your opinion as like a trusted confidant and advocate. So at least I hope so. I haven't had to deal with that yet, but we'll see how that goes.
0: Look, hopefully one day you get the problems of, you know, moving someone from a 400K to an 800K. (laughs) Let that be one of your problems, please.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Carson says, uh, how many players are you allowed to represent and after how many uh, and how many can you look after realistically?
2: Well, you can represent as many as you can handle, really. Uh, I mean, they say Isaac Moses has or had or still has while he's remained suspended between 50 to 150 players. No one can really be certain other than the, the governing board. So it's a full-time job for him and he's got people that work for him as well, so he, he can take on that type of load. Um, yeah, other people have full-time jobs and they do it as a side gig uh, and they can handle you know about 5 to 20 without really needing any help. It all depends on... Uh, you know, how late you want to stay up and how available you can be on your phone at your job and things like that. You know, if you work in like a high-intensity labour job where you're always hands-on, you can't really be answering your phone to deal with uh, players all the time, whereas, you know, myself working in an office desk, uh, that corporate environment, I'm pretty free to take those types of phone calls and things like that. Yep. Realistically,
1: realistically, yeah. Realistically, realistically, like, like, sh- like sh- how, how, how hands-on... a second, on? Your Honour. Your honour, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, objection! My player's can, calling. <laughs> Fucking button it, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Real, realistically, how hands-on have you found like a single player on average at the moment? Well, how much of your time would it be ta- would, would would you be you know using?
2: Well, say for instance, I, I a couple of them didn't have any anywhere to go in twenty twenty one. So I put out a couple of feelers, and then in the same day, I had three or four clubs calling me within the same hour, and, um, you know, I'm advocating for them, trying to stay consistent with my story, obviously, because, you know, I don't want to bullshit them. I don't want to just be a yes man, which agents yeah. are, you know. If they ask something, I'm not just going to say yes because I think they want to hear that.
1: Yeah.
2: I can't go sending, like, a front rower to play on the wing because they have an opening, for instance. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like there's some have been more work than others, um, but that's just the way it is. Some people are more communic- uh, communicative than others, but... At the end of the day, uh, it all depends on the person. Uh, there's a little bit of time each day, though, uh, between talking to their coach and talking to people like that. So uh, I think the other part of Carson's question was how young can you sign them? Um, yeah. You can sign, the youngest you can sign someone is the calendar year that they turn 15. Clubs like uh, Penrith, for instance, they know that exact date and they're all, all the contracts are there ready to go with some managers. Um, because they know nurseries, it happens with the Broncos too, they know certain nurseries are just going to produce really gun players at a really young age, and they're all waiting on, that, on their birthday or on that day of the calendar year to sign. So, um, I mean, but the thing is, by the time you're 17, there has, there has to be a clause saying that it's you know, automatically terminated. So you're not going to be on some deal for life, and, and uh, they're kind of stuck with the same guy. So... Yeah, you can't go under fourteen and things like that. You can have conversation with their parents to prime them for the day that they turn and you can sign. But at that age, you don't really know. Um, you never know. grow yeah. into their body, and I'm sure uh, if you had, you know, real dad is one of my scouts in Toowoomba. He could tell me about all the up and comers. But
1: I'll tell you, we uh, we we have we have uh, he'll he'll tell us about a kid that's primed that's going to be the next whatever. Not usually you, the next halfback for the Broncos. He but can then probably like, the next time we improb- see him. The next time we see see him, he'll just run down, oh, what a cut that kid's turned into.
0: (laughs) And and he could probably give you enough information on their bodies to put you on a fucking watch list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not the scout I want then. Yeah, no, no, he'd misunderstand that, and he'd show up at a
2: scouts meeting. (laughs) I've taken photos of all the boys for you. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The dangerous thing about having scouts too is that they have to abide by the rules even though they haven't agreed to in any form. And if they break the rules, then you can get suspended or you can get your thing cancelled. So you really have to worry about who says they're out there being a scout and representing your brand.
1: Yeah, you might have said a, a a severely high level of trust in that personal relationship in that person because, I mean, they've got to have your best interests at heart.
2: Exactly, when really they'd just be getting a slither of your commission, so they'd just yeah. be trying to work as hard as possible, not caring about any rules because, you know, they're, they're not a party to them. You're, you're yeah. a party to them and then you get in trouble. Yep. Okay. Guess, you know,
0: we, we we humbly accept your offer of employment. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, There's motherfuckers in my life. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> um, the, the last question I've got down here is uh, is from Nathan. Who says uh who won the trade sharks or penrith
2: Oh, this is a Broncos fan i don't know if I can comment on that this oh. is
1: probably not even this is probably not even this is not your not not your agent hat speaking either I mean I feel like this is more the lawyer side of things i mean and you know I want you to to look ahead to when you're a judge
0: and obvious <laughs> obviously what that fucking filthy club of drug cheating cunts did to your poor you know wonderful football club by uh by offloading a broken Jack
2: Bird to you,
0: (laughs) and then basically saying, buyer beware, motherfucker.
2: (laughs) After studying years of uh, interpretation, case law, legislation, uh, I think I can make the definitive ruling that uh, any club that got uh, Matt Moylan in the trade is a definite loser. (laughs) Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) And, so, and I want in 2021 to have a stellar season for two and a half games. And
1: it. And, and so, and so end of 2021, Matt Moylan rocks up to Strive.
2: <laughs> 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 Michael,
1: you're the last and only honest agent in the game. <laughs> <laughs>
2: can, can you help me? <laughs> yeah, you can stay in my spare bedroom, I suppose, but no, don't, don't go anywhere near my partner.
1: <laughs> and 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 gee, oh, yeah, fuck you do look young. <laughs>
2: Sorry, I'm not allowed to sign you till you turn 15. <laughs> Please show me some ID. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd get him a deal in the super league or something, or if any other N- NRL club wants to take a punt on it. I think, I mean, the super league would happily have him, he can have all the pizza he wants and whatever what yep. things kids love at Chuck E. Cheese. Yep, um. Wait, one final
0: question for you, if I may. Um, a, a lot of the attention's given to, you know, getting players money now. You know, obviously everyone wants the best deal they can or for the best conditions, as we said, with the best clauses in in the interest of the player, if you can do it. Is there anybody within the agent circles that, that sits down with players and says, OK, so the average Australian wage is you know, whatever it is now eighty thousand dollars a year and most people will earn that for, for forty years. And this this is what they'll do with it. You are going to earn two hundred thousand dollars a year, however you're only gonna do that for seven. This you know, you can't live like someone who's on a fucking board of of whatever and and act like you're gonna make two hundred grand a year for 40 years, because you're not, you're gonna make it for, for whatever it is. Less if, in, if injuries come, touch wood. You need to live like you're making 80 grand a year and do
2: smart things with the rest of your money. Yeah, so there's a couple of uh, people that were in my intake that were financial plans and they, that's what they said they were gonna bring to the table, so I'm glad that there are people entering that sphere. However, I am not aware of any, anyone else that offers that, those direct services. Lots of agents have uh, little deals with you know, property developers and things like that so they can set the player up with property and kind of so they have something to show for it at the end of, uh, end of where they're going. But as far as I'm aware, uh, those types of talks yeah. uh, probably seldom happen. Uh, Which is
0: great because everybody knows the best deals and in investment are through new developments. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Right. It's, yeah, it's not exactly printing money in the future, but... Uh, Look, it's something that, uh, as I start to develop uh, players into the NRL, I'll definitely be looking to get them to sit down with financial planners to have those types of chats. Uh, I'm friends with a few people in the finance world, so I could probably do it myself. However, it's sometimes it's better to get someone who's completely external so you know, they can have those types of frank conversations away from you so you don't know what side of the bed they sleep on and everything about their life. Yeah, that's it.
1: And is that something you see as basically... <clears throat> uh, something agents should be involved in or that's that's something that you personally want to provide your guys because you obviously want to do it better than it's been done
2: i think if you're suitably qualified to provide that advice then you should provide that advice if you're not then you should refer it to someone yeah yeah
1: and not necessarily the the provision of the advice itself but you know provide you know sort of facilitating that those extra things rather than just be like negotiate a deal with a club get them as much money as you can then just kind of maintain do you actually, yeah? do you see yourself taking, like, more of an interest in, in your guys? So become more to, of a like, full-service agent? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: that, that's definitely it because, as I say, I can provide the legal advice outside of that. I can, yeah. you know, help them enter contracts that have nothing to do with rugby league. Uh, and, yeah, I think that I do want to be kind of, like, the full type of service. Um, I've also partnered with a colleague of mine at work who can, as uh, a bodybuilder, who can provide meal plans, um, kind of nutrition advice and things like that. So that service I also provide. Um, not No expert myself, to, clearly, but uh, it's, yeah, it's something that uh, I am looking to, to do. And I'm happy to give any advice that I can give to them financially, but it's, once again, not my expertise. And I think that uh, building something, I always encourage players to have something going outside of the game too. So all of my players work as well currently. Yep. Uh, that way if they get a freak career-ending injury, they get yao Yeet or something, they can go and forth and have something, some, something yeah. going, be it uni or otherwise. Nice. Perfect. How yeah, good.
1: All oh, right, man. Thanks so much for your time. It's awesome. Awesome chatting to you about <laughs> something other than, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just I random rugby league stuff. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you, I love you going into it in the, in the, you know, with the right mindset and, um, you know, I hope you're extremely successful at it. Now, how do people get in touch with you i mean so we're, we've got a lot of listeners we've got you know players but also we've got a lot of like you know, coaches and especially people around sort of the the more junior levels of the game as well
2: yeah of course i've got um the strive player agency uh, nrl uh facebook page i've also got the website www.striveplayagency.com.au i've got a contact form on there i can put up um my agency details on the the page uh, mm-hmm. uh the tool page that is But um, yeah, uh, overall, thanks for having me and thanks to the community. For anyone that wants to reach out and ask me any more questions or get involved, then I'd be happy to take it on board because it's a great group of people and that's why I've been keep coming back and listening to the show since, I think, 2016-odd. Nice. Oh, man, we fucking love you. Good (laughs) shit. Thanks, bud. Thank you, mate.
1: That's full time for episode three seventy-eight. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. Our Facebook community lives at hashtag Twil Nation. The address on Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash Twil Nation. Get in there if you can. It's a great community of good cunts. And uh, even now the season's really you know petered off. The the you know games are finished, we're, you know, we're out of games. Still people in there giving it loads at this stage. And I mean, this season has gone on longer than any season in the history of our fucking show. I mean, normally things are wrapped up, you know, last weekend of of September, first weekend of October kind of thing. So we, I mean, we're getting fucking close to Christmas and we're still on the air. Um, Our Facebook page is uh, facebook.com forward slash league. Get in there for show releases, share them around, spread the word. Thank you very much. And if you want to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Like this gentleman, Smell Likely, the headline, Great Listening, five stars, my favorite time of the week is listening to these degenerate cunts. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Does that get through the language filter or is that... He's yeah, yes, yeah. Actually, yes. Oh. there's no, there's no trickery to the word in there or anything. And maybe this is like the app I use that that monitors all okay. the stores across the world and stuff. Yep. But maybe it picks things up that like it it you know it, it grabs them instantly or whatever, and you know whether they've made through the vetting mm-hmm. process or not. I'm not. I'm not sure, but that's a fucking excellent point that I didn't think of. Yep. Um. Of course if you want to go the extra mile, our digital memberships are still available and can be picked up at any time for three ninety nine a month. And there's quite a large back catalogue there of, of material now, probably like thirty like thirty seven or something like that. Like tons of episodes there. So feel free to jump on in and fuck it. Support support us by telling a friend. Spreading mm. the word. So many people we see come to the show because You know, their their brother put him onto it, or their fucking brother-in-law, or, you know, whatever, their friend. So I really appreciate people who do that sort of thing as well. Um, One other thing that I fucking almost forgot, and I haven't even told you about it yet. That's how close I came to getting. We have got some dead-set fucking champions that listen to this show. That's no surprise to you. You, you, you fucking know that. I, I know, know that. that. I know that. The people who listen to the show know. I mean the people in the Facebook group, they know because I mean mm. they see, you know, good cunts interacting with good cunts. And if but you let don't me... know, now you
0: know. Fuckers.
1: You know, you know. Now one of the, uh, the 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 better cunts is someone that is no surprise to anyone is a good cunt. Is um is our mate biggest tiger. Yes. So anyway, on Monday, so what two days ago I guess a mail, and I'm like, fuck it. Like the mail, the mailman just sort of just chucked it at the door and, and bailed. So I go out, get the notification on the doorbell. So I go out and this is a fucking like a, a white, large white envelope. You know, you can see it's like, you know, misshapen, like, you know, it's kind of large and it was to the, you know, to the twill dads. And I'm like, okay, Interesting. Who knows my address? <laughs> and what? And and does? And and, and and it doesn't sound like it's ticking. So anyway, and then on the back it was like you know to to, like, to uh, you know from you know from your Sydney you know from your Sydney best friends. So I open it up, and inside is like a, a, what looks like a, a well-loved Steedon, deflated for shipping presumably, and so biggest on Grand Final day has gone around to uh, our mate Sam's place for a little uh, grand final day soiree. Uh, you know, and there's probably, you know, he probably invited about, you know, a dozen people or so there, but like all of, all of whom listen to the show. And so biggest has gone with taking the steed and around and uh, he's got them all to sign, like write little messages, <laughs> messages of love and love uh, and support. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, re- regret that we couldn't be down there this year for the grand final for a meetup. up. Mm. So how touching was that? That is, that Good is, concept.
0: um, fuck. They're my favorite sorts of things, but that's thoughtful. Yes. And captures the essence of what this show is.
1: Yes. Agreed. People
0: putting actual fucking heartfelt thought into something that at the end of the day has absolutely no fucking value or use to anybody whatsoever. Well done. <laughs>
1: mailbag Daniel says is Gutherson the worst center New South Wales has ever had yes look I had when when looking at that question I thought I'm going to go to like rugby league project or something and I'm going to get a definitive fucking list of every player since let's say like the fucking 80s to represent you I mean like since the actual origin branded era of you know of centers and to see if I could find one worse and then you know what I thought, no, actually I don't need to. Yeah, he fucking is. It like just as
0: a off the top of my head thing. Yeah, it seems to me that centers one position we haven't ever really lacked. You know, like we've always sort of.
1: We think of the golden the golden years where you had like you know your your Ets Tomorrow, and your Mark McGaugh, yeah Tahu yeah you know like Hammer McGor yeah um yeah all these guys are fucking great yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, it's He's only also, recently that we've had this people out of position thing. You know what I
0: mean? Um, you know what? I, I get it, though, when it's a Tommy Turbo. Or well, there was that thing, you know, it started, and people always refer back, Andrew Johns played nine. Yes. Okay? That's – you do what you can to get Andrew Johns on the park. Not have exactly. to have to lose the experience you had in halves at that time. Yep. But funnily enough, I think Gutherson is also the only player to be the worst New South Wales representative in two positions. He's, yes. He's the worst center and also the worst fullback we have ever had.
1: And imagine and side. imagine claiming claiming those two coveted crowns. With only three games. He's
0: basically the bizarro Capewell. (laughs) So Capewell showed that he's Queensland's greatest ever centre and greatest ever half. And (laughs) Gutho, New South Wales, worst centre and worst football.
1: Daniel goes on to say, if this was the yearie of Cleary, in quotes... And he's come away from the year with zero silverware of any form. Should his cards be marked to never play rep footy again after failing miserably in his year?
0: His game one was terrible. <clears throat> game two was good. Game three, you know, it could have been better, but I'm I'm not sure he's ne- never never play again status. Our, our forwards were
1: absolutely fucking dumb. And thing is, our fucking cowards too. Like after the after Teddy got fucking ragdolled yeah. by um Joy Arrow, that's it. Someone, yeah, had to just fucking put one on him and take a stint in the bin. Yeah, just to fucking or you know level him with a a, a blatant shoulder charge or something. Exactly. From the next time he hit the ball up, Yeah. Exactly.
0: exactly. Uh, cool it was pretty fucking obvious that Queensland would then, because they, they were dominating in the middle by New South Wales defence in game two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so they sent it wide. They spread it early. Yeah. Every single chance they got and found us wanting. So, yeah, he, he didn't have a stellar series overall. But um, it, it, it's his development as a player. That needs to come along, not necessarily just him the record.
1: Yep. Um David said Queensland borders to open to both New South Wales and Victoria on December first. Sounds like to me we'll be having our first ever Twill Nation Christmas party in Sydney. <laughs> uh, so that is that is wishful thinking. Um, I wish if if they had have said on December first the borders are opening up, if they have a se- if they had have said that in October, then there's every chance that we would have been able to organize something yeah the fact they're saying it like less than a week before they're actually doing it makes it tough to turn around especially at that time of year um Toto since New South Wales can't beat our reserve grade origin side and worst ever team is it time to put a broom through the team and coaches so <laughs> It's not even your worst ever team. I I hate this narrative that Queensland is saying it's their worst ever team. The absolute fucking disrespect to the likes of Wayne Bartram. Yeah. <laughs> or the well, I guess the overabundance of respect given to Wayne Bartram <laughs> and, and a halves combination of fucking, who was it? Like Adrian Lamb and fucking Dale Shearer, who was about 53 years old. Exactly. If you're trying to say the current Australian representative halves, are worse than those guys. Yeah, yeah <laughs> then, uh, exactly. Then I uh, stop fucking licking toads mm. on their dicks. Um, Chris said, "A Queenslanders is getting dumber or louder, both." As the little taco girl says, "Porque no los weird. dos."
0: Fuck like combination that I find the most distressing in another human being is undereducated, and over-opinionated. I find okay. Queenslanders display both those fucking qualities in abundance very often. And that's the sort of shit that leads to things like Pauline Hanson having support. Us.
1: Yeah, and don't forget about the, 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 the lengthy fucking political career of Bob Catter.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, that guy's about fucking 80 years old, and he must have been in Parliament for 50 of those. Yeah. Uh, David says, um, "If Harry asked, how many loads would Vorton take? This, presumably, uh, uh, the the caveat I'll put on any answers this. I feel that this may require the additional knowledge of having listened to the game with commentary. Yeah, I could not tell. I couldn't tell you about vorton what he said or did during the telecast. Presumably, it's Origin. He's a Queensland Gronk. It's his character." Presumably, he went off his fucking tits about him. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I I, I can't say for sure. Cody says, Is Bellamy the man to take over the Origin squad once he leaves a storm? Coaching style has changed a lot since he last coached Origin, able to get players to know their role. Look, I'd be happy because when they're working on the current Origin system where they, they prefer the coach to be someone that's not coaching a club side. Yep. If Bellamy was like a coaching director of New South Wales, and that was his only fucking job, and so he could identify his players, get in their ear early during the fucking four, you know club season, yeah, and start because I think Bell, I think Bellamy's a fine coach. I think he would be successful in New South Wales. However, he's an actual proper coach, not like this little like a, a fucking cheerleader that gets guys up for three weeks. Yes. However. Now that they want someone to sort of, you know, actually take the year to think about the role and everything like that, perhaps he could then play more to his strengths. Especially if he could get some sort of continuity in the side over a couple of years. Yeah. Because when he last coached, I mean, we, you know, we were losing and all the time, and there was a lot of chopping and changing as well.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, David says, uh, Will the Titans' attacking lines and pill distribution suffer now the Flash is no longer on the coaching staff? <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> um, that one we've addressed Norts says with the year of Cleary dead in the water can it be surmised that Cleary has trouble performing outside of New South Wales and against non New South Wales teams examples Taylor beating him for rookie honors the Storms beating him in a grand final and playing like absolute shit in games one and three Hashtag, fuck the Broncos. It's cunts
0: like you who do things like say, I knew somebody that didn't wear a mask and didn't get COVID. So therefore masks aren't necessary and no one should wear a mask. Uh, My freedoms. Read a fucking book, (laughs) vaccinate your kids. Just get better at being a fucking human being. Living in a fucking society where everyone needs to pitch in and do their best. Yeah? You know? you also lost football games on days when the sun rose. Does that mean the sun is detrimental to him fucking playing football? Fucking Queensland logic. Jesus Christ.
1: Hurt's my brain. <laughs> Tim said, "Is Munster really the best player in the game, or is this just New South Wales trying to justify how they lost the unlosable series?" Emma Munster's
0: an absolute fucking.
1: He's great. I don't know if he's the best player in the game, and I don't know if he was the best player on the of the series for Queensland either.
0: Yeah, but you know, do you know what he was? He was the fucking come with me boys.
1: He was, yeah, yeah, that's and right. that's
0: what New South Wales don't have. He yeah. was the fucking niggle. He was the first in to fucking put hits.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's that old Thurston mentality. Okay, we're up against it here. So I'm the cunt putting the kicks in. I'll also be the first one down there chasing. Yep. You know? yep. And New South Wales didn't have any of that. Didn't have no. anyone doing that. There's, there's that other shit. Munster is inhumanly fucking strong for his size. Yep. And he has... One of the sturdiest, do not give up attitudes, which is probably what I respect about him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I respect everything you said, and also the fact that he has now become the official party machine. Fuck yes. But, but in not, but not in a way. He's not punching anyone. He's, he's not, not raping, raping chicks or biting on their pussy or anything. All he's doing is just fucking hitting the hitting the beers and 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 making Instagram stories with cheese. Yeah, exactly. And like. It's 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 tremendous, uh, Wayne. Finally, he says, uh, "I have just bought Cam Smith's book. Is it natural to orgasm? Purple jizz." Jesus Christ! Maybe if you maybe if you're the, the type of cunt to to fucking spend money on Cameron Smith's book, yeah.
0: It was fucking sad. I was in the city, um, and he was there doing a book signing. All right. And so, first of all, in the crowd, the majority of people had at least three copies of the book. So I can only assume they're the sort of fucking scumbags that do shit. They go out and get something signed and then just try and sell them all.
1: I think they've overestimated the market somewhat. That's it. I'd I'd, I'd like to be generous and think that perhaps they were just buying Christmas presents for members of their family who love football or something like that. Although if any family member bought me that book, I'd fucking kill them.
0: It it also gave me a nice interaction with a fucking storm fan. So there's a the line for the, the book signings down side of the mall. I'm walking along with somebody. We are on the left hand side of the walkway. And this fucking Gronk Storm fans walk through and I was carrying shopping bags. Bump the back. I've turned around and I was turning around to do that thing when you bump into somebody where you both turn around, and give each other a nod, where you say, Whoops, we just bumped into each other. Yep. And you continue with your fucking day. And so I've turned around to fulfill my half of that social bargain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's then turned around and gone, Are you having a go at me? Oh, God. Oh, fucking hell, here we are. I'm also with this person with whom I'm trying to lower the amount of red flags (laughs) that I put out there about my personality. (laughs) And so I I didn't want to fucking, you know, walk up and, you know, start fucking bumping, measuring our dicks. But I turned around and I said, just stay left, man. It's the same as the road just stay left and you don't crash into anybody. And he turns around and he goes, you stay left. And I'm like, no dude, I am on the left, we've turned around. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And he's just going, fuck off. (laughs) You know, and I was sad because I hadn't had a chance to catch up with Super Grover this year, but now I feel like I've spent a whole fucking day with him just from that 30 second interaction.
1: With that fuckhead fake tough guy storm
0: for. Me. If you're no, a listener
1: of the show, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know if, if you can, uh, we'll, uh, we'll I'll give you a free free month of uh, Digi membership if you can send us a photo with your correctly labelled left and right hands. <laughs> 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 and on that note, that is all we have time for this week. So, uh, getting close to the end now, fellas. Next week's going to be a and special, and then we've got the Twillys and Twilly voting. Obviously, the Twilly voting was was slowed down a little bit, but um, oh, it is my job tomorrow to put them up now. So uh, yes, so, I'm sorry,
0: uh, I was uh, I was tardy in my duties to all nation.
1: I'll uh, I'll get the voting up for tomorrow, and that still gives everyone like you know ten days to get the votes in. So which is fucking plenty more than enough time certainly more time than we've ever had in the past to do so and uh, so just a reminder next week will be a QA special and the twillies will be on friday night and i don't know what the fucking date is there so i'm just opening up my calendar and say it is the 4th of december and that shall be our final communique for 2020
0: there you go remember if you don't vote you love donald trump
1: correct See you next week. Later.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.